You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Well, for 15 years, Pastor Charlie's always said, keep one in the can because you never know when you're going to have to get up and speak. So um, yesterday, not knowing whether Dr. Walker would be able to come with us uh, today, um, I put one together. God help us. Uh, I am looking forward. I, I love Dr. Justin Walker. I, my best memories of Justin Walker, he and Ashton running around Mount Perrin North when they were just little kids and having a good time. And, uh, and now here he is, a professor of theology at Lee University. Wow, I'm getting old. The message this morning is appropriate for what just happened over the last day for me. It's entitled, I Didn't See That Coming. Right? All of us, all of us have those times in our lives when something comes at us and we had no expectation that was going to happen. I just didn't see that coming. And so how do we respond? Well, today we're going to take a, a look back in the scripture at my favorite Old Testament character, Joseph, because he had one of those key things happen in his life that he just didn't see coming. And it forever changed him. And it forever changed the world. Because God took this next to youngest of 12 sons, whom his daddy loved best, and because his daddy loved him best, all but his younger brother hated him. And they wanted to do away with him. In fact, their original plan was to kill him. And then the oldest one, I think it was Judah, said, no, we can't do that. So we'll just sell him to a slave caravan that was coming through, and it was on its way down to Egypt, and that's what they did, and they thought they were done with him. Oh, but the providence of God. God brings great famine on that part of the world, and Joseph has been given great ability to understand and discern what's happening and so Providence, the Lord brings him in front of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world at this, at this time. And he is able to prophesy what's going to happen in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh takes this slave, this prisoner, and elevates him to prime minister of Egypt, what we would call prime minister, the most powerful position in the world at that time from prison to power. That's Joseph's story. All of us experience events in our lives that we just didn't expect. We just didn't see them coming. Some of these experiences turn out to be good things in our lives and others, unexpected circumstances, not so much. So how do we understand these events? Where is God when we're experiencing them? Why does he allow these unexpected events into our lives? 
Do these events have important life lessons for us to learn? How do we gain the perspective that God intends us to have as he guides us and he matures us through them? So this morning, let's look at those I didn't see that coming circumstances through the lens of both scripture and Joseph's life and a little bit from my own story. Given a dream by God as a young teenager that his family would all bow down before him, Joseph became hated by all the rest of his brothers except the youngest one, Benjamin. He was daddy's favorite son. He was hated by his brothers and even more so after he shared this dream with them. As I said, they sold him into slavery. They told Jacob, their father, that he was dead. And this is the first, gee, I didn't see that coming event. He became a household servant in a minor Egyptian official's household, Potiphar. And he was valued by him. But Potiphar's wife lusted after Joseph She attempted to seduce him, and when he refused the advance and ran from the house, she accused him of rape, and he was thrown into prison. The second, gee, I didn't see that coming event. He was in prison for an extended period of time. We don't really know how much. And he became friends with two of Pharaoh's servants, who later were released and returned to the court. The Lord gave Pharaoh a dream that no one could interpret, but the servant remembered Joseph, who could interpret dreams. So Joseph was brought into Pharaoh's palace and told the dream, and he gave the interpretation. A third, I didn't see that coming event. Pharaoh was so pleased that he elevated Joseph to prime minister to prepare Egypt for the famine that was coming. The fourth, I didn't see that coming event. And during the famine, Jacob sent two of his sons to Egypt to buy food, and they didn't recognize their brother Joseph. The fifth, I didn't see that coming event. Joseph could have had his revenge on his brothers, I'm sure maybe some of us would have been going, wow, what an opportunity. After Jacob died, the brothers were full of fear that Joseph would get even. But instead, he told them that while what they did, they did for evil, God meant it for good so that many would be saved. The sixth, I didn't see that coming event. In the end, all of his family bowed down before the most powerful man in the most powerful empire of his day, just as God had promised. Joseph's life was full of I didn't see that coming events, but he never cursed God, and he never was filled with despair. He is the best picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. Joseph trusted God in all of his circumstances, and God was faithful to his servant, Joseph. I've had some I-didn't-see-that-coming stories in my own life. I want to share a couple. The first happened in my early 30s. 
I had a quick rise in the corporate world three years from the lowest sales position to vice president of marketing and sales, five years to senior vice president. I reported to the CEO for the next five years. However, my problem was I thought I was what I did. Maybe you have had something similar in your life. I didn't know who I was. I went through a divorce and I developed a really bad attitude. I was unexpectedly fired, not because of my numbers. My numbers were very good. It was because of my attitude and my lifestyle. I had no idea who I was or what I was going to do after that, but I was able to go back to Cincinnati. I was living in Tulsa at the time, and I spent the last 10 days of my mother's life with her as she was dying of cancer. It was a key event in my life. The Lord had taken me from a position of importance, at least I was self-important, to no position at all. It was at that point when I returned to Tulsa that my neighbors saw me cutting my grass in the middle of the day. That was unusual. I normally would have been at work. And he came over to talk to me. We, we really didn't know each other. You know what that neighbor relationship looks like. We had one of these. Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Great. He told me that he had a job that allowed him to work at home so I could call him when I was hurting. So that, relation, that began a relationship with my neighbor, and over the course of the next few months, he shared Christ with me, and he led me to the Lord. I had no idea my neighbor was a pastor. Bruce was a pastor. I became a member of his congregation and a part of his first discipleship class. I can assure you I didn't see any of that coming. But God took what was the lowest point in my life, and he used it to bring about the greatest change in my life. I moved from an intellectual, irrelevant understanding of God to a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I've never been the same since, and I didn't see any of those things coming. The second event happened some 15 years ago. After 30 years in the business world, Georgetta and I knew I was supposed to do something different. We really didn't know what it was. So I took a very generous package from my employer and began seeking God for the future. It was then that God opened the door for me to go to seminary. I was 55 years old, kind of way too old to be starting off in seminary. Three years later, as I was writing my thesis, Pastor Charlie called me and asked, what was I planning to do after graduation? I explained, well, I had several opportunities. Uh, I had opportunities to work in third-party ministry, but nobody had much money. And Charlie said, good, I don't have much money either. Can I come over and talk to you? Well, we had worked with Charlie for seven years on the mission board at Mount Perrin North. We loved Charlie, and I said, absolutely. And so he responded. He came over to Cleveland, Tennessee, where I was writing my thesis at the time. And he began to talk to me about this new church plant that he was going to call Gateway. Well, 
Of course I said yes. Went home, talked to Georgetta. We really didn't debate it very long. We just said, that sounds like God to us. Called Charlie back up and said, we're in. So along with the Petersons and the Weirs, the six of us and the kids came up to plant Gateway. By the way, I, uh, I am a, an off-the-scale analytic when I was thinking about this. I had prepared two pages of pluses and minuses of why I would or shouldn't do this. Then Georgetta asked me if I'd heard from the Lord. I said, well, not yet. And I asked if she'd heard from the Lord. She said, yes. I said, well, share with me what he said. Now, she said, no, I think you need to hear from him. I said, well, it sounds like he's spoken to you. Sounds like I need to hear from you. And so she said, the Lord had told her two things. First, could I come under Pastor Charlie's authority? You see, we are all people under authority. The Lord had given Pastor Charlie this congregation. So if I was to come with him, I needed to be under his authority. And the second, the Lord said, could I love his people? To the best of my ability, I do. These have been the best 15 years of my life. I knew that message was from the Lord. I threw out my pluses and minuses and began to pray on those two points. In a very short time, we both believed that pastoral ministry in Middle Tennessee was God's plan for us, and so we said yes to Pastor Charlie. We put our house on the market, and we moved to Tennessee. And I never saw that coming. I've been blessed to be your associate pastor here at Gateway for the 15 years of its existence. I've loved being here. I've loved caring for you, the Lord's people learning how to love you and learning how to serve you. And I believe over that time, the Lord's given me a pastor's heart. And I really didn't see that coming. The Lord's calling here to Gateway totally changed my life. I wouldn't exchange these years for anything. Best of all, though I didn't see this coming, I'm so grateful the Lord had planned it all along. God had given Joseph a picture and a promise of what was coming. But he took Joseph through a myriad of I didn't see that coming experiences because he was busy maturing and preparing Joseph for greater authority and responsibility. How like God. Worship team, if you'll come back up. Like Joseph, I've experienced many of those I didn't see that coming events in my life. 
The two I shared covered both ends of the spectrum. The first was extraordinarily humbling and painful. The second was extraordinarily exciting and rewarding. So here are my takeaways from these experiences. First, in the middle of the worst days of my life, God was there and had a plan for me that would forever change me in my eternal destiny. Second, in the middle of good days, I discovered that God had an even better plan for my life, and it was here with you at Gateway. Third, I've discovered that God is a God of purpose and plan. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. He uses all the events and circumstances of our lives with two great purposes in mind. First, that we would become more and more like Jesus. And second, that we would have impact on those around us for his kingdom's sake. Which leads me to this conclusion. As he asked Joseph to trust him, he's asked us to trust him even when we can't see the outcome. Learning to trust God when we don't see what's coming matures us as followers of Jesus and prepares us to be his ambassadors here in a broken world full of hurting people. Two great scriptures sum, out how, sum up how I feel about the situations where I don't see what's coming. First, God says in Hebrews that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He is with us in all of our I didn't see that coming moments. Second, Paul's great declaration all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. This promise doesn't say all things are good. It does say that God has a purpose and a plan in everything he does. And he's doing things in our lives to change us into the image of Jesus and to benefit others around us. What God is doing is for our good. It's for others' benefit. And it's for his glory. Where are you today with God? Maybe you're in one of those I didn't see that coming times. Maybe you've just come out of one of those I didn't see that coming time. If not, you may be getting ready to go through one of them of those I didn't see that coming times. Wherever you are, know this. First, God's with you. Second, God's for you. Third, God will bring good out of all of our life experiences because that's who he is. He's the only one that we can rely on to bring about that outcome. Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us. 
You know all the plans that you have for us, all the purpose that you have in our lives. Even when we can't see, your spirit moves us forward. Lord, build that trust in us that we know that you're in the lead, that we can trust who you are. And because we trust who you are, we trust what you will do. sons and daughters said together. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.